Welcome to Round Hill Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about. We talk about faith. Good morning, Shannon. Well, good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm well. It's been, we've had a hiatus. We've had a really long hiatus. Welcome back to Round Hill Radio. Thank you. This is very exciting. So this is our second episode of our new season. That's right. It's technically season seven, but it's only our fifth year, so I'm not sure how I did that and it's the first time that I've been on here where I have been now full-time staff. <gasps> That's right. Right? Because oh, my gosh. I know. That's June wonderful. 1st, I went on full-time. It's so great to have you full-time. Thank you. I love it here. I really love it we here. We love you here. Thank you. We love having you here. It's Enough to come fam. back a second time. I know. Well, <laughs> which is saying something. Right? Right. I know. That's a big thing, a in, big thing. in the professional world. I know. Or in the ministry world. You have to leave well. The first time. That's a that is a whole that's a whole episode. It's exactly what I was about to say. That is a whole episode unto itself. Let's do that. We should. Okay, we will. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry, we're not leaving. Don't panic. And that's Nancy, not what we're don't talking about. Panic. Today. <laughs> it's all gonna be okay, we promise. I'm not leaving either. No, yeah. No, I can't. No. This is where I go to find peace during my work week. <laughs> It's very enjoyable. Actually, the title of today is What is the Right Thing to Do? That's <laughs> It's not to leave right now. Not to leave right now. <laughs> to know what's good and stick around. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so, we're talking about... So, this is part of a bigger story. Yeah. It's a third part of a series that I've been doing okay. on Leo Tolstoy's um, short story, mm -hmm. The Three Questions. Right. And John Muth, who is a children's author, actually put it into more succinct language for children. Mm -hmm. So his things were, what is the right thing to do? Who's the right person? And when's the right time to do something? Okay. So, but Tolstoy kind of nuances it a little bit more and says, uh, what, so what is the right thing to do becomes what affairs are the most important and need my attention first. Mm -hmm. And the other questions are, how can I learn to do the right thing at the right time? So timing versus, and what I talked about then was the difference in chronological time and Kairos time, which is God appointed time. Right, right, right. And then who are the people I most need and to whom should I therefore pay more attention to than the next? Yeah. All right, so the, the story is, for those of you who haven't heard it, I'll set it up. There's a king that wants to know the answers to these three questions. And so he, it, and the, the intention behind it and the motivation is to avoid failure, which we know is impossible, right? Yeah, although tempting to try. Tempting, and tempting in our society today among very capable people. Of course. So he seeks out leaders in the kingdom and they all disappoint him. And then he decides to go to a hermit in the woods who's known as a very wise man. Mm -hmm. So he seeks, he goes out and he, to, to ask the questions. And um, he finds the hermit digging in the ground. Okay, so the hermit's just digging. And uh, the king takes over for him. He decides to help him. Hmm. So he help, helps him. And while he's digging, a man comes running out of the forest, bleeding profusely. So the king, who is in disguise, he doesn't know, the hermit doesn't know who he is, and either does this man. Um, the, the king helps this man and helps his bleeding, actually takes care of him overnight, pulls him into the hermit's house. And the next morning when the man wakes up, he goes, I was actually coming to kill you. 
Oh, wow. Um, because you killed my brother and took all of our possessions and, you know, in, in his role as king. Mm -hmm. And so that was very much of a surprise. And so the man's, um, having received the compassion and care, though, the man asked the king for forgiveness. And actually then all of the things are restored. And so there's kind of some peace made. So the king is still frustrated that the hermit has not directly answered this question. And this is how the hermit responds. And I'm going to read it because I don't want to do, I want to do it justice. Do you not see, replied the hermit, if you had not pitied my, my weakness and had not dug those beds for me, but had gone your way, that man would have attacked you and you would have been sorry for not having stayed with me. So the most important time was when you were digging the beds and I was the most important man. And to do me good was your most important business. Afterwards, when that man ran to us, the most important time was when you were attending to him. For if you had not bound up his wounds, he would have died without having made peace with you. Mm. So he was the most important man, and what you did for him was your most important business. Remember then, there is only one time that is important now. It is the most important time because it is the only time when we have any power. The most necessary man is he with whom you are, for no man knows whether he will ever have dealings with anyone else. And the most important affair is to do him good, because for that purpose alone was man sent into this life. So, there. So the question, to mm. do others good, what yeah. does that mean in our world? Yeah. And as I've thought about that and I've gone different ways, I'm working on this sermon and kind of still rumbling through and the Sunday morning sermon will we'll know where I landed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always a matter of discernment, right? right? And and asking this the Holy Spirit for guidance. But I think it's all about context. What do you think? Doing, you know, you know, what is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to do? Yeah, I feel like all the elements of this story speak to me in a way about distraction, about uh, being present. That's clearly the message I need to hear from it. You know, but that idea of who's the most important in the moment is where you are and not the hundred other things that want your attention, positive, negative, whatever. Um, that's kind of all those elements combined of that in that moment where you are, that is the most important thing. So our conversation we're having now is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the things that happened before and the things that are going to happen later in our days are less important than what's happening right now. But I bet your perspective shifted some in having become a new mom. Yeah. Right? That's really because hard. Because that baby. Yeah. Your sweet little one. Yeah. Has got to be the most important. She's got to be the most important one. And it's it's still it's still so easy to be distracted. And it's still so tempting to like pick up your phone and check your email at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, versus just like soaking it in. Wow. And um, more seasoned mothers like to be like, well, you know, appreciate it now. It goes by fast, which is really irritating to hear, but um, they're actually really right because yeah. it does go by really fast. And But even if it didn't, it's still so important just to stop 
and breathe and look and, and be present. listen and be present. Yeah, you know, my husband and I have had this conversation about his use of the phone because before oh, yeah. before we got married, he was constantly checking and he's a therapist and so there are patients that sure, call sure, in or yeah. contact him or and he's the executive director. So yeah. there but I said, you know what? When you and I are together, mm-hmm. this has got to be it. I need you to be present and mm-hmm. do and be here. Yeah. Because it's important. Yeah. Even though we may not be saying anything significant. Right. There is time to do. And that goes back to the, you know, when is the right time to do things. Right. Yeah. It's it's a hard thing. There's sort of jokes about how millennial couples spend time together, which is sitting on the couch each on their phones. Yes. Or at a restaurant you see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I do think there is the time and place for that if you're intentional about it. And being like, hey, like, because like my husband and I will check in with each other and be like, is it cool that I'm on my phone? Yeah. Is it cool with you? Like, are we having phone time? Are we having like together time? Right. Are we having like mutual doing other things, but we're next to each other? Or are we actually like connect? Because I think there's time for us, at least in our relationship, there's time and place for both. Because like if we're watching a football game, we kind of don't care about and we want to just like zone out. And it's like full zone out like I'm playing like a dumb game on my phone yes. but I like being geographically next to him. yeah I, I may be doing a crossword puzzle while, while right. the team is playing exactly yes. so there's time for that but there's also like you said like out to dinner like yeah it's other specific moments where it's just like and I, I for me at least I am so bad at this that I have to give myself air quote something to do in being present because just saying to myself oh I need to be present isn't enough. Right. I'm like, what does that even mean? Right. So for me, I've found it's helpful to be like, well, what, what, what can I notice? What can I observe? What can I like listen for and get curious about sort of where I am? Um, otherwise I'm like, okay, well, I'm not on my phone anymore, but what am I supposed to do? Right. So I think the scriptures in the life of Jesus give us a great clue. Nice, nice bring you back. I know. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, when you look at Jesus and all of the people that he interacted with, mm-hmm. when somebody clamored for his time and attention yeah. and, and wanted something from him about doing good for someone or doing the right thing for someone, mm. he literally blocked out everything else and focused on that person. Yeah. And it was what did that person need and what was the priority? Yeah. So whether it was healing someone or that they needed to be told their faith was more important than whatever was happening, mm-hmm. he cued in to whatever that person needed. Yeah. So there was a quote I came across the Dalai Lama, do good, wait, what was it? Be good to people for no good reason. Hmm. For no reason. Yeah. Just always be good to people. Yeah. So, you know, that that makes me curious in some ways because sometimes in this in the whole world of codependency, mm-hmm. sometimes what's important to look at in that is what is your motivation. Sure. Because I don't know if you can relate to this, but sometimes I mean, particularly earlier on, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm. Um I could be good to somebody because I wanted to feel better sure. about myself. Sure. Right? Right. So if that is, if there's some intention over controlling someone mm-hmm. or getting them to do what you want them to do, mm-hmm. then that's not really what we're talking about here, right, right? right? It doesn't help them. Sure. Actually, there's a book called When Helping You Is Hurting Me. 
Mm. And it's when you don't care for yourself enough yeah. that you're giving out of a whole self. Right. I think there is a good portion of our society that is self-forgetting, yeah. and particularly after the pandemic, we're traumatized or whatever. And yeah. so it can we can be giving from a hollow place. And giving, I don't mean like financial giving, but right. I mean like we can enable people. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I, I really appreciate that society has been focusing on self-care, but I think that sometimes the definition of that maybe is a little misplaced. Say more. Um, you know, I think sometimes, and, and I think there, we're pivoting to a better place with it, but, you know, people think self-care is like, oh, go take a bubble bath or this and instead of like, oh, go have a walk with a beloved friend and have a deep heart conversation or have a fabulous therapy session or, 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 or something that really feeds you versus sort of, um, treats the symptoms and not the disease, I guess. Yeah, it's so, about connection. But, again, yeah, connection, right? really, really feeling, filling your cup. Um, and I think, you know, I think we, I think, I think a lot of us try to care for ourselves in ways that maybe aren't effective. <laughs> so then when we go to try and we're like, you're, but I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to, you know, care for myself with and it's maybe not working. Um, I think finding those things that do fill us is a big, that's a big thing. It's a big thing. And for some people, it means that they have to go away and be quiet mm -hmm. and silent for a time. Mm -hmm. Other people just kind of reeling it back a little bit yeah. and not doing so much activity. Sure. Or for some, it's it's it's, fine. it's spending time with, with friends and people. I remember the first summer of COVID. Oh, Shannon. <laughs> I was not a happy camper. Because uh, you're an extrovert. I am. <laughs> Turns out definitively I am. I like my quiet time as much as the next girl. But oh boy, was I miserable. Right. Oh boy, was I miserable. Right. Because I just couldn't see and talk to people and just have moments of connection or just chit chat or whatever. And I was just like so unhappy. And, and I, but no, I found that out about myself. So how did that affect what you did for other people? Did you feel like you were coming out of like a more desperate kind of thing to me. Yeah, I can reach out. And then I found also like in my interactions with people, I've, I think I'm still recovering from this because I, we spent so long like on Zoom. Yeah. And so long not looking people in the eyes. I'm actually really struggle. I'm looking you in the eyes right now. It's making me deeply uncomfortable because I like forgot how to do it. Right. And I didn't know and not connecting with people for so long has made it really a challenge to then come back. And, you know, I feel like on Zoom, we could have conversations and, but I'd be, I'd be like, oh, like kind of doing something else and doing 400 things while I was in a meeting. Sorry, Ed. Um, but, you know, mostly for HGS. Uh, but like this, you know, we could all be kind of multitasking and not really connecting with one another. Um, and so I think for, for then, like being able to come back being in place and then like stop and breathe and talk to somebody feels like a giving act a at giving. this point. Yeah. Just like giving people time and re real time, real connection, real energy and focus 
And that's really the loose definition of spirituality is connection with God, self, and others, mm. which is what I do on the- That's your Thursday yeah, Instagram live, Thursday right? But connecting really feeds us. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic really did disrupt that yeah. in so many ways because there's nothing that can substitute for the real one-on-one -on -one in person, even though we have a plastic thing here. We do still. <laughs> <laughs> but connecting and really getting to the heart of the matter. Right which does good for someone else. Yeah. And for us, for right? Sure. It's kind of a both and. Yeah. It's it's a funny thing sometimes, you know, and I think I think your earlier comment about like giving from being empty or giving from a a fun an less in tune motivation, you know, it's but also giving giving can be mutually mutually po positive, right? right? Well, and Jesus said, love others as you love yourself, right? right? right. So it's a both and. It, it's not forgetting yourself, mm -hmm. but loving yourself enough that you can love someone else out of an overflow. Right. Do you think there's an element of that to kind of call back to what we were saying a minute ago? Is there an element of that that finding what you need to be loved helps you love others, do you think? I absolutely do. Mm -hmm. I absolutely do. For whatever reason, I'm going back and looking at some very early times with my dad. And my dad was not really able to express love. Mm. And I've been literally going back and trying to image him. He died very early at 57, wow. so over 30 years ago. But trying to feel that, if he, because I do believe he's in a whole place now and he's able to love me mm. from a whole heart. So feeling that and taking that in is actually able for enables me to take in the love from other people around. So oh. it deepens whatever wound there was there mm -hmm. is is healed with the people around me then. Oh, that's beautiful. So yeah, I do believe that that stuff stays in our bodies. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then there's also something in there about, about accepting love and receiving right. love and care. I think a lot of people in very high-functioning societies have a hard time receiving. It's for so sure. much easier for us to give. Right. But to receive that, that's what I was just talking about with that. To receive yeah. that in, I'm much more comfortable going out and doing. Right, right. right. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a huge vulnerability with that, right? A huge, huge humility. That you need. That you need, right? Yeah. yeah. We don't have it all together. What? Ah, how dare you? You might. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so that's that's really what we're talking about. It's the now, mm -hmm. the connection, mm -hmm. and doing good for people out of a whole heart. Right? Yeah. I think that's, I think we answered Tolstoy's questions. I think so. <laughs> we solved it, people. We solved it, friends. Well, I want to shout out to your Instagram Live because you do it every Thursday morning. Yeah, and then it stays on there. So you it can does. go on. People watch it throughout the week. Yeah, so it's on our Roundtail Community Church Instagram handle. Um, and also make sure you are also following our Round Hill Radio Instagram yes. account. We're having some really fun conversations over there. Last week we were talking about the, um, have you seen those? This is, this is us. Uh, Jesus gets us commercials. Oh yes, that's what we were talking last week on Who's the Instagram. That? That's what we've been talking about. So come join us. Okay. So we're having all sorts of media and faith conversations over there. So come join us, and we'll uh, discuss all these things and more. I love it. Thank you so much for all the creativity and the different angles that you're coming at at are very important because church is hybrid. 
It is, right? isn't it? Yes. Right? Church is everywhere. People, people watch us yeah. that aren't able to come here. Mm -hmm. And people come here who don't necessarily watch us. So right. it's important to have everybody and then connect us all. Absolutely. So you're doing that. So thank, thank you. you. Well, no, and I think I think the conversations you're bringing are so important because I, it's, I think it's so important to fill the faith space with um, perspectives that are non-judgmental and opening Imagine and, that. and wonderful and all the, all the things. Doing the right thing. Doing the things. <laughs> We're getting louder about being accepting. Yes. We're not putting up with this stuff anymore. All people. All people. All are welcome here. Yay. Thank you one and all. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org. 